0: Hey Shine, we are so glad that you are with us on our second weekend of House Churches. We are so glad that you are participating and that you are all together uh, watching this message. And if you are watching this online, we encourage you to go to shinechurch.life slash housechurch and find a group um, that you could participate and be a part of. Hey, this week we continue our series on Endgame as we've been just talking about the different aspects of Uh, the end times, and really where does Jesus want us to position our hearts when it comes to the end times. And Pastor Janelle and Pastor Rob have kicked this off with just really drawing our attention to where our hearts should be as we look at end times and the different things that are taking place. Uh, Today, what I would like to do is go into a parable. Uh, It was actually the very first parable that comes up in a search um, that I looked up. In regards to the parables of Jesus Christ. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm just going to read it real quick and then we'll talk about it. Matthew 5, 14 through 20, it says this, "'You are the light of the world. A town built on a city cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house." In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now that's the parable. I want to continue on and read a little bit of the context that I think Jesus was speaking this in. It continues and says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear... Not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of these, one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then listen to this verse. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, just a couple quick things. Uh, first, I want you to get the context of where this scripture is being taught. Um, it is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. As a matter of fact, uh, there's very few red letters in the book of Matthew before this section He teaches the Beatitudes, and then he goes into the Sermon on the Mount. And what I want you to capture is that in the middle of this teaching, Jesus actually, at the beginning of his ministry, talks about heaven and earth disappearing or going away. And then in Matthew chapter 24, it's the end. Right before he is arrested, right before he gets crucified and then dies and rises again for us, um, he gives another teaching to the disciples, and he speaks of end time matters. And in the middle of that, in verse 25, or 35, it actually says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass pass away. And so I want you to get the understanding that as Jesus is teaching, beginning his ministry and finishing and concluding his ministry, he actually teaches us that we need to be aware of the end times and the things that we are actually, I believe, seeing right now. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people will tell me, come Lord Jesus, come. I I don't know if you know exactly what you are actually praying for right there, because um, in order to for Jesus to come, these end times things are actually going to increase. And so if you think things are crazy and chaotic right now, it's just going to get crazier as we get closer to Jesus coming. But you know what? I don't think Jesus wants us to focus on those things. And as a teaching team, we have said, hey, we don't want to get into the book of Revelation, book of Daniel, because there's so much interpretation and nobody really knows the time. But what Jesus does want us to do and wants us to understand is the end game, which is this. Where are our hearts in regards to this? And I think there's some key things right here in this scripture. And so Matthew 5.25, I'm going to read it to you, or 5.20, I'm going to read it to you one more time. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh man, I'm studying this out, getting prepared for this message, and I began to realize This is an incredibly discouraging verse, if you really take it at heart. It says this, unless your righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the Pharisees and teachers, the ones that kept 613 commands, precepts, laws, in order to have a right standing before God, unless your righteousness surpasses that. Any of you hear that and go, wow, I don't, how do I enter into the kingdom of heaven if I can't keep up with all of those things? Um, and I, would, I was actually stunned by, it as I studied it further, it actually moved into the Sermon of the Mount that we know, and just in chapter 5, I want to read to you just a few of the things that Jesus says. He says this, if you have anger, you're a murderer. If you look at someone lustfully, you're an adulterer. If you divorce somebody, then every relationship thereafter is actually adultery. It says that we can't swear by anything, that we're only supposed to say yes and no, and if you swear by anything, it actually comes from the evil one. He goes on and says this, that we are not to resist evil people. It says that we're supposed to turn the other cheek. When someone hits you on one side, you're supposed to turn the cheek to the other one and say, "Hit, go ahead, hit me again. It says give your coat when somebody asks for your shirt. It says that you are to walk two miles when somebody asks you to walk one. Ooh, how about this one? It says that you are to give to anyone who asks. <laughs> um, how are you doing with that? If somebody asks you to give something, do you give just right away, or are you hesitant? Or how about this one? Don't turn away from the one who borrows. It continues on in chapter 5, and it says this, that we're supposed to love our enemy. Oh, church, here's, here's what I was struck with by the Holy Spirit, and that is this. Not a single one of us do very well in that list, and that's just in chapter 5. If you read chapter 6 and chapter 7, you'll see other areas where I believe, or at least me personally, I fall short in so many things on how to pray, on how to fast, on, on not worrying, not having anxious thoughts. All of these things that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, I believe that he was teaching them for this reason. He wanted us to understand that not a single one of us can accomplish these things in our own flesh. There's not a single one of us that is good enough to earn the righteousness to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so what does that mean? Well, it means this, that we are either severely lost and condemned and and we should be just completely discouraged, or Jesus had a different way. And I would submit to you this, Jesus had a different way. And that different way was this, that he would become the righteousness for us so that we wouldn't have to do this in our flesh, but that we would have to rely on him. And what's interesting here is that he is actually teaching this before he died, before he rose again, before the disciples even could fully understand this. But I'm willing to bet that they remembered this teaching and remembered, oh my gosh, there is nothing that I can do in my flesh to earn this righteousness. It was all about what Jesus did. And our righteousness, church, is found in Jesus and what he did on the cross. And when we understand this, when we grab a hold of this, then we can comprehend the parable that I want to teach about. And that is this, Matthew 5, 14 and 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Church, here's my hope and here's my heart, that as we see these end time things happening, we come to understand what Jesus knew when he was teaching this at the Sermon on the Mount, and that is this. His end game would be that we would come to a realization that it's not in our power, it's not in anything that we can do, but it's solely found in what He did for us and in His righteousness. And as things get crazier and crazier and crazier, He doesn't want us to rely on how we understand things or how we process things or how we can justify certain decisions or what different people are doing. What He wants us to do is focus in on us and him and the righteousness that is found in him and when we do that then all these things are added to us and as I was studying this out I was reminded of the scripture in Matthew 6 that says this but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you and so as we see the end times approaching as we see the different things that are taking place I want you to know that what Jesus desires is that you would go after him. Because as we see the end getting closer and closer, we have to put our trust in him. When we do this, then I believe what happens is we become a light to a hurting world. If you want to be attractive to the world and bring them to Jesus Christ, then you need to understand that it is through what Jesus did for you that you begin to radiate him. Anytime that you try to figure this out on your own and do it in your own power, in your own flesh, that is when, in my opinion, ugliness comes out. That's when criticism comes out. That's when opinions come out. And God doesn't want our opinions. He wants us to radiate his opinion and his thought about things. And so as we just face these times, I want to encourage you seek God with all of your heart, and seek the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. And when we do this, then what will happen? The Word of God says that all these things shall be added unto us. And so here's what I felt like the Lord was really showing me. In these times, what if we went after the Lord, we pursued him, we asked for his heart in times like these? And instead of offering criticism, and instead of going at one another, what if we actually prayed and sought Him, His righteousness, and then listen to those things that He wants to add onto us, and then we bring solutions, and we bring ideas that the Holy Spirit gives to us? I believe that, church, if that's what we'll do, we'll become the light of the world. And as Jesus was teaching this parable, I really believe it was for now. It's for a time such as this when all the things are going around swirling and it's chaotic that God wants us to be the light of the world. You know what's going to make us different from the rest of the world? Is that instead of arguing, we actually come and bring ideas and solutions. Instead of fighting for our position and our place, what if we actually seek the Lord for creative ideas? and ways to do things differently, where we can find a win-win. Because I truly believe that Jesus wants to supernaturally intervene in times like these. And so I pray that your group would just have an incredible discussion about this, because the truth is, Jesus made it very clear that none of us can do this on our own strength. But when we realize what He has done for us and that He becomes our righteousness. Guess what? We surpass the righteousness then of the Pharisees and the teachers at that point because we are trusting in Him and not on anything that we can do. And so I hope your discussions and your groups will go incredibly well on this um, in regards to being the light of the world because I truly believe when we understand that Jesus has become our righteousness, that we become that light in this world and we become a city on a hill, and we can actually radiate. You know, the Word of God says we become transformed into His image as we begin to understand His righteousness and how to apply it more and more in our lives. And so, church, I pray that that's what you will do. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope and pray that your discussion in your group would be absolutely incredible.